I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time the first of a couple of shows on getting older in the workplace. You know, it's crazy that the majority of women are going to go through menopause and yet it can seem like a really lonely place. It's not a topic that's discussed enough, even amongst friends. At work, traditionally, menopause has been something to be born, but not talked about. But maybe that's part of the problem. We play at being superhuman all the time. And I think if more of us can have these honest conversations then there's less chance of us being discriminated against. Coming up on The Broad Experience. I honestly don't think I'd ever heard the word perimenopause until the end of last year. That's when I came across an article in the New York Times called Puberty for the Middle-Aged. In it, the author talked about all the weird things that happen to your body on your way to having your last period, which for most women will happen sometime in their early 50s. So perimenopause is sort of the lead up to menopause, if you will. And I have to admit, and I am guessing I'm not alone here, that I always kind of thought menopause wouldn't happen to me. It just seemed so far off. And I had no idea my body would start to prepare itself while I was still in my 40s. I had no idea because it seems like nobody talks about this. Periods have had a bit of a rebrand in the last couple of years. Think about all those new menstrual products and underwear you've heard about, some of them on this show. A new generation of female entrepreneurs has punctured some of the taboo around menstruation. But menopause? Not really. So far, I'm not seeing any feminist marketing around menopause. It's still largely spoken about in whispers, at least in the youth-obsessed US. But in the UK, things are different. My name is Julie Dennis, and I am a menopause coach and trainer. And I work with organisations across the UK to help improve the experience of women working through menopause. Because, of course, lots of women going through menopause are working. And while some of us won't feel many changes at all as our hormones fluctuate, others will feel a lot – Ever since women have worked outside the home, we have carried on, even when we felt exhausted or suddenly become drenched with sweat. But Julie says with an ageing workforce in the UK and many women in their 40s and 50s working, it's time employers learned how to support their female staff through this transition. By doing so, she says, they're likely to keep more women in the workplace. Initially, her workshops were more about the women themselves than anyone else. They'd share stories and tips. It was warm and fuzzy, but it didn't really lead anywhere. Now, though, that's changing. What we're now seeing in the UK is that organisations are looking at menopause policy and guidelines. They're training line managers so that they're in a position to be able to support staff members working through menopause. We'll talk more about what that looks like in a minute. 
I wanted to know what the women in Julie's workshops want to talk about once she gets there. First, she says they want to know how long their various symptoms are going to last. And actually, I think it's also important that we should point out that um, about one in one in four, one in five women actually don't notice any symptoms at all. Three out of four do. One out of four have experienced symptoms to such a degree that they've actually considered leaving the workforce because of the impact that it's had on their career. And what they really want to be able to do is to talk. You know, it's crazy that the majority of women are going to go through menopause and yet it can seem like a really lonely place. It's not a topic that's discussed enough, even amongst friends. So if you can get a room full of women together at work and get a couple of them just to share their personal stories, and there's this kind of massive sigh of relief from everybody in the room going oh my god it's not just me and what else it's not just hot flushes because that's what we hear talked about all the time you know we just hear about menopause and hot flushes ha 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 is it hot in here or just me except it's not funny if you're having a hot flush but there's a whole range of physical and psychological symptoms and for the women it's a huge relief to find out that even though they might not be feeling normal actually what they're experiencing is a normal and natural part of the female life cycle Typically, she says, women who are really feeling those hormonal changes play out in quite dramatic ways. They're hanging on to their jobs, but they feel like they're suffering and there's no support from their workplace, even if they do decide to talk to a manager about what's going on. So, for example, there was one lady in a workshop once and she did, by, by the time she got into... Did you ever commute in London, Ashley? Yes. Yeah, so you know what the tubes are like, right? So by the time she got to work every morning, she was absolutely drenched because of how her hot flushes were that bad. So she'd get to work. She worked in a wealthy organisation, so she was able to have a shower once she arrived on the premises, but then she'd be late to her desk. So her boss wanted her to get an earlier train to cope with that. Um, have other ladies, I know, right? Other ladies who um, really heavy periods are another symptom that we don't hear talked about quite so much. And I've spoken to a couple of ladies who've actually ruined office chairs as a result of having a really heavy period and just the mortification and embarrassment of having to deal with that. And it's not just the male bosses who don't understand, it's the younger women too, just because they haven't experienced it yet. So I think sometimes we also get a lot of, you know, the guys don't understand what's going on, the male line managers, but it's the female line managers who have just as little information about it too. God, that bleeding through onto a chair is just something everyone dreads. Just just absolutely awful. So one company I've worked with recently, whenever they replace chairs now or they recover chairs, they're recovering them in black. So if anybody ever does have an accident, it's not going to be so obvious. You know, we talk about reasonable adjustments, both with the women themselves and with the line managers. And all they are are changes that can be put in place to improve the experience of of the the employee. And they can be something simple like a USB desk fan. So you can control your own temperature, environment temperature, without impacting everybody else. Um, It can be something larger, like the recovering of office chairs. Or it can be something like an like an honesty box in the bathroom that's filled with sanitary products. So again, anyone who suddenly has, you know, an unexpected period can go to the bathroom and know that there'll be free protection available there to put in place immediately. All this sounds pretty feasible in a white collar workplace where you may sit at a desk all day. But what about women who work in factories or on shifts where they're on the go all the time? Julie says it is difficult to break away from a serving position you're meant to be at for hours or to leave your desk at a call centre other than on set breaks. But some organisations she's worked with have nixed the need for permission to leave a workstation 
or provided employees on the go with water bottles, or established a network of so-called menopause champions in the workplace. I was interested to know more about who attends her workshops and especially whether men show up. She says it's important not to separate out the women because the whole point of what she does is to demystify menopause for everyone. However, they fare much better if they're in their own workshop in a room amongst themselves where they're much more comfortable sharing stories. So we'll do a workshop that's that's specifically to support the women uh, experiencing menopause. We'll do another one that's specifically for line managers, um, talking to them about how to spot symptoms, about what reasonable adjustments could work, what their company's already got in place, how to have a supportive conversation. You know, what you don't do is um, pull somebody aside and say, you know, I've noticed this is going on. Are you menopausal? <laughs> you know, because you know what it's like when you go on a course, you see, or when you when you're looking for a red car, right? You see red cars everywhere. So when you've been on a course on menopause, you see menopause everywhere. But actually, just because a woman is in her late forties or early fifties and her her behaviour has changed at work, it's not always going to be menopause. You know, it could be bereavement, divorce. There could be anything going on. So it's being aware of the language that you use. And then the the third training is a colleague awareness session, and that's where anybody could come to the session so you get men and women older guys younger guys in the room i'm also curious with these sessions are do the companies encourage their employees to come or do they say hey you're going to that session because i can see some people it is a topic that makes a lot of people squeamish and i imagine it would make a lot of men squeamish Yeah, I think so too. So it's not a compliance issue in organisations at all. They're always voluntary. And in the mixed sessions, the colleague awareness sessions, it would usually be 90% women and 10% men. So there's still not many men turning up. And often that's because they think they're not going to be welcome or they are feeling a bit awkward and embarrassed. Um, So that's something that needs to be worked on. And again, that's about company culture. And sometimes something like a poster campaign can work better than a workshop. You know, just having posters up around the building in places where people will stop and read just with some basic facts and advice. So just 10% men. That seems tiny. But Julie says it is a start. Finally, I wanted to bring up something I often think about. What interests me, and I wonder if this will will ever happen, and maybe it has happened in the UK and you can tell me about it, would be to have quite a senior woman, somebody who's quite well known, Mm. actually talk about this. I think that would go a huge way to opening up conversation about menopause, don't you? Oh, I agree. Absolutely. It would be an absolute marvellous thing to have. I mean, what we have got in the UK is um, the rise of celebrity menopause. (laughs) So we've we've had um, quite a few uh, major celebrities and minor celebrities actually start to talk about their, you know, women in their 50s who are still regularly seen on on TV to talk about their menopause experience. And actually over in the States, you've got Gwyneth Paltrow doing it as well, haven't you? So and, and I think, you know, it's easier for them because they're a personal brand and that's a choice they make. But for the very senior women, it is a lot lot harder. You know, I think still, if you're a, a woman in a very senior leadership position, you don't want to talk about anything that could be perceived as a weakness. So I yeah. think it's it's much harder for them to talk about it. However, you know, what would be great would be, get, would be to have a senior female leader who said, yes, this is what I was struggling with, but... This is what I've done and now everything's fine. But I think it's still that, you know, they're reluctant to share any perceived weaknesses, which is unfortunate. Because while we are still such a minority in top roles, 
It seems like women have to keep making out that we are just like men. Coming up, someone who is bringing radical honesty and a small fan into her workplace. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rebecca Boston lives and works in London. She's been in the global energy field for almost 20 years. And last year, she began to notice little things about herself changing, like how she felt on her commute. I was on the tube. I started feeling quite hot. I assumed I was developing claustrophobia. <laughs> you know, I, um, I was more irritated than usual with my children and my partner, but I assumed that obviously they were just being more irritating <laughs> than normal. I would forget words in meetings and I would just think, oh, I'm just really tired. I must, you know, just take some more time for myself. And when I started developing more and more symptoms, I started slowly piecing them together. And then I think when I started developing a day and night sweats, that's when it really, I just thought, ah, what is going on here? This is obviously not normal. But Rebecca was only 40. Menopause was far from her mind. And I just happened to mention to my mum that I was sleeping really badly and, and I was waking up quite hot. I was having to open the window and she just laughed and she was like, oh, that's just perimenopause. Um, and then she kind of dropped the bomb because obviously I was like, well, I can't be perimenopause. I'm, I'm only just turned 40. And she was like, oh, no, I, had, um, I was in full-blown menopause at 41 and your grandmother was 43. Rebecca, it seemed, was following in their footsteps. She was so relieved to know what was going on, because like a lot of women who start experiencing these things, she had begun to worry about her mental health. Because the stuff we don't hear much about until it happens to us, that was what bothered Rebecca the most. Mood swings, increased anxiety about her job, and memory loss or brain fog. Never ideal, but especially at work, where, as Julie Dennis put it, we're always trying to show the most polished version of ourselves. So I think the, the memory fog has really hit me since January. And, you know, it can be simple words like a fork or a knife to, you know, obviously much more complicated terminology that I use in my job. There is literally a gap. And it's not like, you know, you're trying to remember your second cousin twice removed, kind of, you know, where obviously you would struggle. You literally know that this is a word you commonly use and you can't find it in your head. And then that starts to make you feel quite anxious, especially if it happens in the world of work, where, you know, I do have to use a lot of technical language. And if I don't have those words, I end up then having to make a 10 sentence sentence in order to describe the word I'm trying to find. And, you know, that's not really what clients are paying me for. They're paying me to be concise, to give them really good advice. 
And that's really tricky when that starts to happen. I mean, I happen to now use a lot of cheat sheets. So I, um, my, my son happens to um, have uh, dyslexia and ADHD. So we use a lot of mind maps in my house. And I've actually started using mind maps before meetings with kind of key words that I really, really don't want to forget before the meeting. Recently, she was speaking at an event about women and sisterhood. So it was a sympathetic crowd. I was making what I, I thought was a really good point until I couldn't remember the word that I was building up to. Um, and we were, we were talking actually about careers and how you progress your careers. And the, the word I was looking for was career pivot. So the, I was looking for the word pivot. Um, and I was trying to point out that, you know, you don't always have to leave your job. If you're unhappy, you can try and pivot your job to find more interesting tasks. And I could not find the word pivot in my mind. And I just had to stop. And that kind of dis- disempowered me at that moment because I had been saying things for a few minutes. People were obviously engaged. And then I lost that word. And just losing that word just really knocks your confidence well, what happened? How did you how did you recover? Did you ultimately pick another word or how did you kind of come back from that? So then you obviously have to start thinking of other words <laughs> and then you have these moments of silence. I mean, I understand that silence obviously feels so much worse to you than it does to other people. They probably think you're taking a breath or you're thinking. But for you at that moment, you think everyone is just like, what is the matter with that woman? Why can't you know she continue her sentence? So actually, because I was in that sympathetic environment, I said, you know what, I'm really sorry, I'm going through the perimenopause. I've forgotten the word. Can anyone help me out here? And they did. Someone came up with pivot. But she's always worried about what clients may think of her when she blanks on a word during a meeting. Rebecca's been at her current company for 14 years, so she feels pretty comfortable there. And she often deals with her anxiety by asking colleagues for backup. What I've started to do is when I have bad days where I wake up and I feel like, okay, today is going to be a bit trickier and I know I have client meetings, then actually now I warn people I'm with in the meeting and say, you know, if it looks like I'm moving towards forgetting a word, could you just try and jump in for me? I mean, it's tricky for the people. I'm asking them to help me in that situation. But I think, you know, I'd much rather they knew there was a risk that there was something was going to happen rather than we all sit in silence as I try and remember a technical word. Rebecca told me just the other day that she'd blanked on a technical phrase during a client call shortly after our interview. But while she felt the silence went on forever, while she searched desperately for another description, when she asked a colleague about it afterwards, he said he hadn't even noticed. Meanwhile, as you heard, she's happy to introduce the idea of perimenopause at work. And her workplace is 70% male. So, I mean, most people actually now in kind of my direct working circle know that I'm perimenopause and now mainly because I, I enter most meeting rooms with a USB fan. So it's kind of almost like my calling card. I don't have a sign above my head, but I have a little fan that follows me around. Um, and either people pretend it's not there and think curious thoughts, but mostly actually people have, have engaged with me and said, oh, you know, what's that? Why have you bought that? My previous boss, we, we happened to be in a meeting last week, 
um, and I brought my fan in and, and he was just like, oh, we're not in the tropics. And, you know, he made some joke about, you know, the Caribbean or the tropics or whatever. Um, and I said, oh, you know, it's, it's because I'm going through the perimenopause. And he was like, oh, my gosh, my wife's going through the perimenopause and she has these and these symptoms. What can I do? What can I do to help her? And it was really interesting because we wouldn't have had that conversation otherwise. Rebecca says it's rare that she gets a negative reaction, but she was on a client call once, a conference call with other people, and she had her fan going in the meeting room. Another colleague arrived late and he just said, oh, turn off that fan, it's going to distract the client. And actually the, the other colleague who was with me, who's male, said, no, Rebecca needs that fan and we're going to continue this meeting. You know, so I didn't have to explain myself. And, you know, it was really great to have somebody not standing up for me, but just saying, you know what, like, she's not doing it because it's so on trend to have a USB fan. (laughs) She's obviously doing it for a reason. Going through perimenopause as early as Rebecca is can feel really lonely. She doesn't have any friends going through the same thing. So she took a chance recently. She approached a colleague she didn't know well, someone she suspected might be in a similar position. So I actually reached out to a lady who works in another division in my company today, actually. And I very bravely went up to her and said, I'm going to assume something. If I'm totally wrong, let's pretend this conversation didn't happen. And I said, I think you might have gone through the perimenopause or be going through the perimenopause because she has a USB fan on her desk. And it was, you know, and she was like, yes. And then, you know, I was like, do you want to have lunch? And then, you know, we went and sat down and had lunch and it was actually, you know, and that's the the only way I could know that, you know, potentially she might be going through similar things to me is because she had a fan on her desk. And how was the lunch? Like, did you talk about it? It was really interesting. I mean, she's, you know, she's 46 and she started about five years ago and she's still having hot flushes and, you know, memory fog and anxiety and things like that. So obviously for me, that made me a little bit anxious because I was thinking, wow, I've got maybe five, 10 years of this. (laughs) How very exciting. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, it was really good to meet somebody who was going through the same thing. They can't always solve the issue you're going through. But to be able to know and see somebody else who is still at work. And she talked about, for example, in her team, one of the ways if she's had a really bad night, her boss is absolutely happy for her to come in an hour too late so she can catch up on sleep. And then she'll just stay later. So that woman also felt comfortable telling her boss about what was going on. But I can only imagine many women will not. Rebecca is a big believer in bringing your whole self to work. But as I said to her, the flip side of that bringing your whole self to work thing is that, again, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not just the US. I'm sure there are plenty of people in the UK and many other countries who feel the same way. But, but I've mentioned that I feel that the culture here in America is particularly youth focused. There will be women who would be terrified to let on about menopause because they're very worried that they're going to be discriminated against. And the next time uh, it comes time for some cuts, they'll be out because they've they've outed themselves as someone who is, quote, aging. And that does happen. I'm absolutely of no doubt it happens. You know, and I think also, for example, if you, you know, I work in a very corporate environment. But for example, if you work in an environment where you have to wear a uniform or something, you know, where you you literally do have to ask for an adjustment in order to continue your job. That must be a really scary conversation. 
But we've got to have these conversations as women. For example, we generally pretend in the workplace, even if we're having a bad period, for example, that we're absolutely fine. We play at being superhuman all the time. And I think if more of us can have these honest conversations, then there's less chance of us being discriminated against if more conversations are happening. If it's just one here or there, then it's easier to ignore us. You know, and it's almost like we have to have those brave conversations individually. And those brave conversations are not for everyone to have. I wouldn't, you know, say that that should be everyone, everyone's cup of tea. But we can't change a culture by just pretending it's not happening to us. I also think that there will be some people listening to this who will just remain a bit a bit squeamish about discussing their personal, you know, health circumstances publicly also. I mean, I know that, you know, I did a show, oh gosh, probably about three years ago, ago now that focused on sort of our bodies at work. And it was sort of around menstruation and menopause came into it, but not deeply and endometriosis. And, and I know some people just found that a tough show because they're kind of like, ooh, oh, I don't I don't talk about that stuff. And that's private. That's private. That is something that I have no wish to discuss with the wider world. I mean, I absolutely agree. I was actually talking to a colleague of mine who um, I was telling her that I was doing this show and she was like, oh, I'm not sure. That seems like a very public thing to talk about. She's currently um, having IVF to have children. And she said, you know, I wouldn't want to go around telling people I'm having IVF. And absolutely, that's her decision to make. But the reality is that very few people are going to have IVF. But absolutely, every single woman is going to go through perimenopause. Rebecca Boston. Thanks to her and Julia Dennis for being my guests on this show. You will find show notes and links under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. I don't know about you, but I feel like menopause is ripe for some disruption. It's great that it's being discussed so openly in the UK, but what about other countries? And I realise not everyone wants to talk about this, but I do agree with my guests. Women are not men. We are a big part of the workforce and organisations need to understand that we undergo different things when we are at work because our bodies do different things. So why not support us through this change? Before we go, I want to let you know about a show I bet some of you have already discovered. It's focused on a new generation of working mothers, and it's called The Double Shift. It's not about parenting or kids, really. Just to give you an example, some past episodes include an intimate audio documentary about what it's really like to run for office with little kids, a reported episode on sex worker mums, and a profile of an amazing woman who runs an overnight daycare in Las Vegas. What these women have in common is that they are not willing to accept the status quo for working mums in America, which, as many of you know, leaves a lot to be desired. The show is hosted by Catherine Goldstein. Check out The Double Shift wherever you get your podcasts. I always love to hear from you. You can email me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com, tweet me, or post on the Facebook page. I'm Ashley Miltite. Thanks for listening.